Oh boy, everybody. I would like to welcome you to Pat's podcast yet again. And I'm sitting here with my second favorite soccer coach ever, David Rush. Hi, Pat. That begs the first question. Who's your first favorite soccer oh, coach? Oh, Rush, you can't set me up like that. It's me, obviously. Come on. Come on. You know me better than that. I'm my own favorite soccer coach, Rushy. Okay, so today in the interview, humility is going to be a big part of it? <laughs> well, as always, I think. I think it's very helpful to be humble. How are you, my friend? I'm good, pal. I'm really good. How is the pandemic treating one's uh, soccer coaching career? Some people have been hit harder than others in a pandemic, and I would say that uh, soccer coaches are, are right up there among the hardest hit. <laughs> Obviously, humble and it all, you know, a frontline worker. I don't want to compare myself to someone like that. Uh, but we, we I would are. like you to. It would make for an interesting podcast if yeah, you start yeah. on and on about how important you are. But well, yeah. you know, in East Greenwich, when I run onto the field to help a child, I do always think it's funny when I got tons of doctors on the <laughs> sideline and here comes little Rushy with his minimal first aid course. It's okay. I've got this. There's no blood. Everything seems fine. Yes. Yeah. Well, good. Uh, I'm glad that you have minimal training in first aid. That seems like a big selling point. What are you up to during the pandemic? Well, uh, obviously, I'm still with Challenger Sports. I'm very proud to still be with Challenger Sports, uh, although it has been tough on us. Uh, We weren't able to get a lot of our camps in the summer. We had to let a lot of our good friends and family go. It's kind of a family business, and unfortunately, we just couldn't afford to keep everybody. So I've stayed on with a skeleton crew at Challenger and kind of just tried to get through the pandemic. Good. Uh, You know, give you a rough idea, here in the Northeast, we would have done 20,000 children this summer on camps. We ended up doing 2,000. So... You know, you don't need to be a mathematician to see how we were down. <laughs> I thought you were making it easy for me, just in case, because those numbers sort of lined up, 2,000 yeah, yeah. to 20,000. But I get what you're saying. Um, and where, so the camps have basically been canceled or participation has dropped off. What happened to them? So two, two great question. Two things happened. Uh, one, obviously, some of our client base immediately just said, we're not feeling it, we're not comfortable, which we respected. And then the other was, you know, actual government shutdown. You know, that you are not allowed to run a camp here. For example, in the state of Massachusetts, was very hard hit. It's a commonwealth, and they have very strict Board of Health regulations. So they, right out of the gate, just basically said nobody is running any camps in the state of Massachusetts, which was a stronghold for us. Got it. Um, all right. So you are still running Challenger. Challenger, as we get into the vaccination stuff, I'm sure is going to come roaring back. The good news is some of our biggest compat. Well, there's no good news. I feel sorry <laughs> for them. Uh, <laughs> fuck that up for anyone listening. Uh, no. Take two. Uh, Actually, I was competitive, as we all are, in my early years, and as I have got older, I, I, I have sympathy with my fellow colleagues, whether they worked for Challenger or against Challenger. But some of the, the other companies did not make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we can get through and we feel we've done everything correct to get through, it's been a painful process. Uh, but we should survive this, and when we get out the other side in a post-vaccine world, we might, to some degree, be the only game in town for a couple of years until rival companies build back up so, again. Yeah, and, well, you guys are one of the best. I know that Tegan loved uh, the challenger coaches that she had, and she loved the program when she was involved in it. 
loved them all dearly, or was there individuals? You were along the most the way? loved. Uh, so I was her favorite. I'd like to yeah, clarify. Yeah, I, I would say so. And then Connor and uh, other people whose names I don't remember. The guy who coached the junior high team. Yeah. She liked him. Good. He sounded exactly like uh, James Gordon, the late night talk show host. Good person so to sound like. I used to go to the games and giggle to myself incessantly about that. Did he do carpool karaoke? He did. Yeah. He, I would drive him home and we would sing. Are we going to sing in this podcast? Because I'm not good at singing. Obviously, yes. You haven't really listened to all the episodes because that's how it always ends. Okay, good. Yeah, it's very <laughs> exciting. Um, all right, so you're doing Challenger. What else? So when the pandemic first hit, uh, the ownership of Challenger, which I think was the right thing to do, agreed to go zero pay. So we went off payroll immediately. Uh, some of my older colleagues, if they ever get to hear this, they can maybe afford to do that. Where some of the younger members and, you know, I have a young family. That was a challenge. Yes. So uh, I was fortunate enough that uh, I was able to go back to what I've always done. When I first started, it was coaching individuals. You know, some people in East Greenwich, which are great, very supportive, invited me to come and work with their children one-on-one, which is very rewarding. It's a great way for kids to learn. So that was one way for me to make some revenue. And then I was approached by a company called Wide World of Endurance sports and what are you doing for them so they would basically I'm a consultant for them and what they want me to do is build a robust summer camp and not a soccer camp per se but a summer camp where children from three years old all the way up to 16 17 years old would come to camp the camp would be you know there'd be some sports there'd be some arts and crafts uh, you look you know, very artsy, so I, I hope well, you would be in charge of that also. That would definitely be something I'd look to ship off to somebody else. Uh, <laughs> singing and painting, not in my repertoire. I can do it. I'm yeah. free over the summer. Well, actually, well, I've heard you spend a lot of time in the summer, you know, golfing, <laughs> vacationing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we, we might be able to pull you in. I'm a man of leisure. Uh, so where would that be held? Uh, so they have a, a, a building in North Smithfield and a building in North Kingston. And, you know, the, the camps primarily, which I think is a selling point, will be inside, climate controlled. But we will have uh, activities that will be outside because I do think children will want to be outside as well. Yeah, I think uh, that's probably not a bad idea in the middle of the summer. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. Well, Maybe we I'll actually we have a name for it. It's exciting. We already have a name. Pat's Summer Camp. <gasps> Pat's Summer Camp. That you have was, the right to it. Pat's Podcast Summer Camp. That was top of the list, and we'll take it under consideration. Let me see the alliteration. <laughs> Wide World Pat's Podcast. Yes. It works. I like it. I Rolls like it. off the tongue. Yeah. Well, you could just use the initials. WWPP. Wide World Pat's Podcast. No, yeah, no, I'm sure we could make a lot. Judging of... by your expression, I don't think this is selling. What I, is I, the name? What was we the are site? going to be the Wide World Wolf Pack, and we are Camp is calling, boys and girls. Camp is calling. Yes, that is a cheap promotional tagline right there. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm happy about this idea. I used to do when I was growing up. They had camps like that in East Greenwich, and I found them very rewarding. And being the youngest of six, my parents were very happy to say goodbye to me each day during the summer. So you're a byproduct of a great camp? I, <laughs> yes. So if parents, if you want your kids to grow up just like me, boy, this is not really selling this camp no, at all. No, well, it's I, a unique not, skill set. Yeah, let's not, let's not go there. Uh, all right, tell me about you growing up. Where are you from? You've got an accent, you know. Uh, do I still have it? It sounds sort of like you're from northern Massachusetts. Is okay. that right? Well, I call it Rhode Island. Uh, well, That's sorry, Rhode name. Ireland. Sorry, there you go. Wow. 
because I've been in Rhode Island for about <laughs> That's 20 years. That's a much years. better joke than Rhode Island. And uh, I've been in Ireland for 20 years. So I've split, split my life half and half almost. Okay. And what brought you here to the uh, United States? We I, are in the United States. We are? Ireland. Yes. Uh, I came here in my early 20s. Uh, basically as a summer camp counselor. So it's all it's all coming full circle. Mm-hmm. And I did a camp in upstate New York called Camp Tawanda. And at that camp, I fell in love with two things. One, Me. this country, an opportunity. And two, she's now my wife, Lori Rush. Oh, my goodness. It's a nice you, story. You little devil, you. Okay, so you come to Camp Tawanda, or whatever you called it, and you fall in love with the future Mrs. Rushy and coaching was that your first experience if coaching? she's listening let's go with what you just said uh the falling in love bit <laughs> came a little she, bit later I but she listens i mean that would be not i mean we, we could double our listenership if, if, she if we can't get heather and Lori, who can we get yeah really that is a that is a limited group but i hope this is just two guys audience. having a drink and catching up isn't it <laughs> that should be the name of the podcast yeah it's really just for us so at the time were you planning on moving to the United States, or were you going back to Ireland? What was the deal? I had one came? year left of college, so I was definitely not planning on being in the United States. It Where was, were it, you attending college? Uh, Brunel University, London. Wow. Just outside the major city, London. It was close to Heathrow, famous airport, busiest airport in the world. Yeah. Not right now, Pat. Not right no, now. No, no, no. Let's not go there. Yeah. Pilots yeah. also hard hit by the pandemic. Pilots also hard hit. <laughs> Thank you for that aside. <laughs> Appreciate that knowledge. Okay. Any other people hard hit by the pandemic that you want to give a shout out to? I'd like to give a shout out to all those lawyers working, you know, behind the scenes to make you know, sure that everybody gets PPE and you know all the that real good heroes. stuff. The, the hard, the hardest. You can say it. Yeah, you can. T- you it's know. okay. The, the lawyers are the real heroes. Yeah. I got close to the microphone to say that into the microphone so yeah. everyone could hear. So you're in college. Well, not now, but you were in college. Finishing up, you go back to London's Heathrow Airport, some sort of stewardess school, I assume, and you graduate? I Don't sound so surprised. Yes, I did graduate. You sound like my mother. No, no, I didn't. He's never going to make it. Uh, I did. My inflection went up a little too much. And you graduate. See, Somehow, some it. way. Yeah, yeah, you know, you paid the After right After four people. years, give the kid a certificate, get him out of here. <laughs> Maybe he'll go to the U.S. and never bother yeah. us again. And then what? So that was when I started with Challenger Sports. And basically, Challenger Sports were a, a start. Well, they'd been, they were primarily in the Midwest, still a very small company, and they wanted to expand on both coasts, California and New England. And they give me first choice, believe it or not. And here I am sitting with you, so I made the correct choice. But you pick New England over California? Some people do make that face. I don't. For for everyone who can't see Pat's face, there is shock there <laughs> uh, on a really miserable rainy do, day in New England. Uh, why I did that? <laughs> just, as it's snow raining outside, I would like it noted that you chose Cal- you chose Rhode Island over California. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes, that sounds logical. And to this day, and- probably still don't regret it. Think of all the golf you could play if you lived in California. Yes. And I might not have made it as a soccer coach. You could make it as a pro golfer. Uh, we both know that's not true, Pat. But you know what? You're, you've agreed to do the podcast, so I had to be nice. Uh, and then it's just been coaching and growing these things ever since then? So when we first started in New England, we had, I want to say, $50,000 worth of revenue. And we grew it to just before the pandemic, pre-pandemic, 
New England was about $8 million in sales. Wow. Post-pandemic, we're back down to about <laughs> 200000 Back to your humble roots. Yes. Well, that's good. You, you remember where you came from. So what... I have to say this. Now I'm going to brag on you for a bit. You Take are your time. One of the, you are one of the best coaches I've ever seen. Uh, I guess that would be the long and the short of the story. But uh, I have seen improvement in every player that you have coached. And playing with you on the field is wildly annoying, but you're also correct in how you coach us, even adults. So what do you attribute your coaching success to? Well, I, I say this carefully. I've always enjoyed working with younger people. Uh, that might need to be added at some point, but I do enjoy working with younger people. Uh-huh. Uh, and actually, I, I, you know, I work with two and three year olds starting the sport, and I just finished a session with a couple of high school kids. So it, when I say younger people, I don't have a, a group that I gravitate toward. I like it all, uh, and then I do, uh, you know, I, I don't. I, I gotta say this carefully. I, I like soccer a lot, but believe it or not, you know whether it's soccer or golf or hockey or whatever it is, you know I like I like passing on knowledge. That's uh, well. I, I it. Let me say this: it shows in the way you approach your job and the way that you do it. I, I find you fascinating as a coach, and I remember my days as a coach, and a lot of Thursday nights I would just be like, oh, not these horrible children again. Uh, I'm going to... That was your daughter's somebody. group, just in case any yeah. of them are listening. Yes. They're all still yes. family friends. Yes. Yes. Uh, not them, but per se. Not anyone in particular. I'll name names later. But uh, but you never seem to have that attitude. You genuinely seem to be enjoying yourself doing it. And I think, as a player, that would be rather refreshing. Yeah. I think. Well, and I, you know, you touched on our dead horse team. We play for, I'd like to take a minute too. My son thinks the dead horse is a professional team because we have jerseys, we have face masks. Yes, boys and girls, we have a a dead horse face mask. Uh, Jackets, we spare no expense. So he asked me, what league did the dead horse play in? Now, this is where we might have lost the podcast. People are like, I've never heard of the dead horse. Yeah, they're not. Wow. We do Do have a tremendous kit. Where did we get the name? Who came up with the dead horse name? I did not, because if I had, it would have been something funny, but uh, maybe John Lewis? It is the height of my playing career to say I play for the dead horse. You know, of all the teams in the past, where did you finish? The dead horse. (laughs) This is where we're all winding down our career. Uh, Yeah, I don't know where the name came from, but uh, boy, is it bad. Um, All right, you said that you enjoy coaching any kind of sport. What would you consider your best sport as a player? Uh, I, I was I played field hockey, oddly enough, which is not a popular meal sport here in the United States, but it's a very popular sport in Europe. Um, it is fascinating to watch, I will say it's that. It's very physical. For those people who are like, that's a girl's game? I'm like, yeah. have you tried it? What size skirt did you wear while you played? Well, obviously, I like my skirts a little shorter. <laughs> uh, sorry, people. Uh, you know, So I wore a short skirt, Pat. Wow, there's an image for me. Thank you. Wow. Uh, and... So how far did you go playing field hockey? I actually played field hockey at a higher level than I played soccer. For all those people who want coaching from me from soccer, ignore that last comment. (laughs) 
Who's this? Who's this soccer? Who's this hockey guy coaching soccer? Is this is this the right guy? I'm actually paying this kid. You definitely have played soccer before. I've yeah. seen it. Yeah. So yes. But well, I play, so how far did you go with field hockey? I played hockey uh, right under. I basically was on track to play in the Olympics, believe it or not. And some of my peers that I played hockey with in college uh, went on to be Olympians. So had I have stayed wow. in England and not came to America, who knows? Oh, so but you were actively playing when you left? I was, like, yeah. I was oh. playing in college at a good level. But again, I wouldn't trade it for the dead horse for the world. Wow, that's so sad. <laughs> and then golf. I played golf as a youngster. Played I, I, My claim to fame on golf, and again, oh, hu- like humility it. we talked about at the start, right? Yeah, well, Is, yeah. I beat a, a famous golfer called Graham McDowell in the school's cup. So there was a, a Northern Ireland school's final. Everything you say, it sounds like you went to Hogwarts. Yeah. So I'm fascinated. Now I'm imagining you doing this on a broomstick. But go ahead. Finish golf your is not played not with. Bro- I know you <laughs> play golf with some weird clubs that are very old and might look like broomsticks, but you know we use irons. They're not that old. Yeah. I graduated from law school and yeah. got those. So that. Wow, they are old. But go now, on. Did you complete law school and just get a certificate, or did you graduate? I Well, they asked, I, much like you, they asked me to leave. Yeah, they said, good. could you go to Heathrow Airport and get out of here? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, UConn was happy to see me go, I will say. Good. But, uh, so tell me about beating who? Graham McDowell? Graham McDowell. I think he's a U.S. Open champion. So he recovered nicely from the beating I gave him. He, he went on to do he's good on, things. <laughs> you, really, you really made him look in the mirror and become a better golfer. I, I'd like to say that he didn't say that in the U.S. Open speech. Ooh, but, I would have liked that. You know, when he looked through the TV screen at me, I felt it. I you felt knew that. when he I was, said I, he's been beaten before, but not this. I time. looked at the wife and said, "I know how he rallied to do this." So, what age? When? How old were you when you did that? Ooh, sixteen. This is none and of this is that long ago. I have ago. the newspaper article. I have it. We can, wow. you know, in case people question that, that is a real life. If anyone listens to this podcast and then questions that and wants to see the newspaper article... contact my lawyer, and my lawyer will provide them with the uh, appropriate document. That's a really weird person. So I hope they have other things to do in their life rather than question you on that. All right. uh, Here's a question that I ask everyone that I can remember when I remember to ask it. What is the most surprising hidden talent that you have? I'll tell you mine to kill time while you think. That would help. Mine is spinning pillows because if you go to college in New Hampshire and it snows 97% of the time you're in college, you develop amazing hidden talents that are of an indoor nature. So sitting on the couch, I learned to spin pillows at an extremely high rate. That's probably better than what I learned to do. That's <laughs> I can That's chug good. a beer wow. in under maybe two seconds. Really? I'm talking full beer here. Really? Yeah. Wow. Now that must come in handy. The technical term now, is opening your gullet and just letting it go right down there. The, that is a technical term there. Now, you, if we put our two talents medical. together, you know, the more beer I chug, the more pillows I would need. It would be, you know. By the way, the more fascinating you would find my talent of spinning pillows. If you chug six beers in a row... The expression on your face when I said the pillow thing would have been much more like, wow, that's impressive. Now, if I chug six beers, you might just have to hold the pillow and it would be spinning. <laughs> <You could> just... 
<laughs> hey, everything's spinning, Rushy. Look at this. I'm spinning the room at top speed. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a good one. I've, it, now, this is weird because I will admit this to people listening. I have had beers with you before, and I have never seen you go, whoop, and then it disappears. But I would... Something I, I to look forward to. There you go. You always have to have goals. And I guess this will be mine now is uh, listening to you do this. So now I'm going to move on to shameless plugs for you. Uh, Tegan is now taking individual training with you or uh, co-training with her friend Amanda. They love it. And they both have remarked to me on several occasions how helpful it is. So is that something you offer to the public at large? As a rule, I no. To be honest, I I, I have friends who well, call me and ask, and and I do it, and I enjoy doing it. There's no better way to learn than learning one on one. It's it's the way to learn. It's unfortunately can be expensive. I'm not I'm not going to tell people how much it costs, but like anything, tutoring is expensive. Uh-huh. But if you can do it, it's. I see children. You know, if you if you train two times a week on a team, and even if you've got a great coach, that's not knocking them. You know they're they're gonna pick things up, but then when they're with twelve, thirteen other kids, it's yeah, not the same. Yeah, you're watching a group. Yeah. Uh, when you train one on one, the amount of touches you get, the the information you get, the feedback you get, it just it, it makes for a different way to learn. So if you can do it, I would recommend whether it's Coach Rushy or anyone else, I would recommend that ambitious people should take lessons one on one. And again, you don't have to sign up for you know twenty one on one lessons, but you know throughout your soccer year, you should set aside three, four individual lessons just to have somebody look at you and and tell you what you need to work on. A lot of the stuff we do is repetitive, so -hmm. the kids can go away and do it on their own too. There's no secret sauce to it, but you you take a session, we'll give you some drills, and then you just go away and practice them. All right. And what would you recommend for parents in the middle of this pandemic uh, if they have athletes of a young age? Anything they should be doing? Well, again, I, I obviously, I, I not to be political, but I, I think our governor is doing a good job, and I think we need to be safe. We're almost through this, so we don't want to be crazy on the back end of it. Uh, but in the envi- if you can work in an environment outdoors with someone socially distant, working on your touch, what, what athletes can't do, especially if they're serious about the sport, is they can't put the ball down and pick it up when we get out of this mess and think that it's going to be the same game. Mm-hmm. So if you literally stop playing soccer in March and you are at a level and you want to go back to that level, you won't, unfortunately. And I've seen it, you know, this, the way the pandemic had, we had, you know, some stops and starts and stops and starts. To me, it was very clear who had been doing some stuff and who had literally not done a thing. And that's not a knock on any of the kids. It's a No, it's just a, yeah, no, it's just a fact. All right. Well, we have gone now for 22 minutes and sadly enough, we haven't talked enough about me. So anything you want to say about me or my hair or... Anything well, at all? You know, as this someone, is not the time to insult me. Either. As someone who's losing their hair, I do admire yours. Well, there you go. Yeah. I think that's a very uh, subtle way to compliment me. There, I was looking for something much more direct about how handsome I am or my well, golf you, game. But you're in shape. You, you know, you clearly haven't, round, you know, round. done anything since March. You're, you're working out. And that's <laughs> round, a, round is definitely a shape, and well, I am. I it's am popular in December. And somebody, somebody round is coming to all of us in the next couple of weeks. Well, look at you, you it's little the you round little month. Grinch. And yeah, I, yeah. I did hear good news, boys and girls. If you're listening, do we have a big child audience? I'm I sure we do. Hope not, but uh, yeah, sure. The airspace, Santa is good. He's allowed in. He's, good. you know, he's not being. 
he's got some magical powers. He can come down. It's all safe. He's going to come down with a mask. But oh, really? Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I would like to see St. Nick with a mask. COVID has stopped a lot of things. It's not stopping not Santa. Not stopping Santa. No. Nope. Well, there you go. All right, Mr. Rushy. I have to say I thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, so as we come out of this, people can look forward to Wide World of Indoor Sports Camp. The Wolf Pack. The Wolf Pack is back. Uh, training with Challenger and anything else. Uh, one last little shameless plug is in the pandemic, my good friend Gareth Elliott, who is the head coach at URI, another okay. fellow Irishman. Oh, wow. Uh, played on the golf team, so he'll know the Graham McDowell story. He'll know that. He was a very good golfer. Uh, How's his field hockey game? Would, would you believe that two people from Northern Ireland are literally now two great coaches here in Rhode Island, 20 uh, minutes apart? I can't believe it. We yeah. don't believe it either. Wow. <laughs> you're in, so you should believe <laughs> you're, so you're he, actually living it. He was running the Rams, which is a, a local premier club based out of South County, and they okay. train at college. Uh, and basically, he approached me just before the pandemic and said, hey, can you come in? Can you help? I'd love you to take over the Rams. And I agreed to that. And I've since called him some n- names, which we will not repeat on this pandemic. So <laughs> the children, yeah, on top so of Challenger children. being struggling, I, I took on the role as uh, head of the Rams. Uh, it's a wonderful role. The club have really embraced me and welcomed me. But as you can imagine, taking over a club when you're giving them, sorry, we're not allowed to do this. Sorry, we're not allowed to do that. Yeah. It has been an interesting dynamic. But as we rise out of the pandemic, I'm really excited to see Challenger Sports Camps come back, uh, the Wide World Camp to take off. And if you're looking for a, a soccer experience that's just a little bit more and you want to be pushed, uh, we'd love you to come in and look at the Rams, which is a local program based out of South County. How about 49-year-old uh, adult males? We Any have room? not put together the Rams men's team. Okay. And if but... we did put it together, right? if you have any friends that you think would be a good fit, you let us know. <laughs> I, uh, but I was, just so you know, I was offering me, me. A staff spot, a player spot. I'll just clarify what you're offering. You know what? I'll just be. I'll just be the attorney. If there's any we, we'll need an attorney. Well, get a real attorney, I guess. No, no we, we, we 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 can't afford a real attorney, so that's why we hire Pat Bristol. <laughs> it says that on my card. Uh, if you can't afford a real attorney, here's Pat Bristol. One will be appointed to I, you. I hope no one from work listens to this. I don't think this would go over very well, but it's okay. Based on the numbers, it can't be anyone from work. I think this could be your bad part. But your wow. best podcast yet. And if Fitzpatrick is listening, oh, it's definitely your best Irish podcast. Wow. Did, did he you? beat Green McDowell? Ask him, did he beat anybody in Ireland? Well, I, I don't want to go into it, but have you ever played golf with him? He I've plays heard cross-handed. it's shocking. He plays cross-handed, yeah. and the day I played with him, he played in flip-flops. And he beat me by, I don't know, 22 strokes. Well, he is, he is a, he's a good guy doing good things down in the city of Newport, so good luck to him. Good luck. That's how we'll end this podcast, and then we'll see if Fitzy still listens to the podcast because of the direct shout-out. Anybody else you want to shout-out so we can test to see whether they're listening? Uh, At the the risk of leaving anybody out, I'm just going to abstain from that part of the podcast. Well, thank you for your time, and I can't wait for the pandemic to end so that all you heroic soccer coaches can get back to doing what you do best. Give the frontline workers a rest and put the soccer coaches back into the game. I like it.
I like it too. Thank you, my friend, and uh, we'll see you next episode. Thanks, Pat.